With your latest news, I'm April Cummings. Two positives for COVID-19 from the latest batch of 295 tests carried out since our last report on Thursday. Medical Officer of Health Dr. Samuel Williams-Rodriguez says the individuals are asymptomatic travelers and they returned a positive result after a routine screening. They will stay in isolation until they're considered recovered. The total number of people in isolation right now is at 1,052. The Cayman Islands Custom and Border Control Service, the Royal Cayman Islands Police and the Chief Medical Officer issue a joint statement today. They say they're aware of media reports about the ongoing judicial review proceedings into a search of the Doctors Express facility in September 2019. The statement says as the case is currently before the court with a judgment pending, it would not be appropriate for any of the respondents to comment on the circumstances of the case at this stage. But it does say it is important to understand that neither allegations nor arguments made in in court by an attorney on behalf of his or her client, nor media reports expressing an interpretation of matters constitute evidence or findings of the court. Cayman's premier and other top government officials are sitting down with other overseas and United Kingdom leaders at the annual Joint Ministerial Council meeting on Monday. Radio Cayman's Carsley Fuller has more. The United Kingdom and the British Overseas Territories Joint Ministerial Council meeting, which is held annually in London, will be held via video conference this year kicking off with an opening welcome from Prime Minister Boris Johnson. Overseas territory and UK leaders will discuss measures they've taken to respond to the COVID-19 pandemic, as well as the way forward, including vaccines. And following that discussion, the Honorable Alda McLaughlin is scheduled to speak about amendments to the Cayman Constitution, which were assented to by the Privy Council on November 11th. The session will wrap up Monday with a discussion about border security challenges. Topics for discussion Tuesday through Thursday include economic resilience and small open island economies, against the backdrop of COVID-19, European Union exit and its impacts, including funding, market access and mobility, issues concerning free trade agreements and international trade, as well as environmental protections and funding with the Department of Environment, Food and Rural Affairs. The conference ends Thursday afternoon. Reporting for Radio Cayman News, I'm Carsley Fuller. The Cayman Islands Constitution Amendment Order 2020, which the Privy Council approved on November 11th, comes into effect on Thursday, December 3rd, the day before the state opening and first sitting of Parliament. Radio Cayman's Felicia Rankin-Solens has more. The order makes several amendments to the Cayman Islands Constitution as negotiated between the Cayman Islands and the United Kingdom. These amendments were debated and unanimously approved in the Legislative Assembly in December 2019. The amendments changed the name of the Legislative Assembly to Parliament, abolished the governor's power of disallowance of locally enacted legislation, removed the requirement for the governor to approve standing orders made by Parliament and make it clearer that the Cayman Islands has autonomous capacity with respect to domestic affairs. The changes also remove the governor's exemption from a duty to consult the cabinet with some exceptions, provide for parliamentary secretaries and a police service commission. The new legislation also provides an obligation for the UK Secretary of State for Foreign Affairs to notify the Premier of proposed acts of the UK Parliament or orders in council that would extend to the Cayman Islands so Cabinet can provide its views on proposed changes. For Radio Cayman News, I'm Felicia Rankin-Solins.
A new bill, if passed, will modernize Cayman's special economic zones, strengthening the country's anti-money laundering regime. Details from Radio Cayman's Dion Anglin. The Special Economic Zones Amendment Bill 2020 looks to amend the law to provide for anti-money laundering and counter-terrorist and proliferation financing requirements. Under the changes, the SEC authority will be required to share or provide any information required for anti-money laundering, counter-terrorist financing, or counter-proliferation financing purposes. The bill, if approved, would also provide for enhanced investigative powers of the authority, which include the examination of the annual returns and other documents of a special economic zone enterprise for the purpose of ensuring it complies with its trade certificate and the law. Other additional powers include the authority's ability to impose certain measures and conditions on a special economic zone enterprise if the authority finds the company acted in a court manner detrimental to the public interest or contravened its trade certificate, the law or its regulations. The amendments allow the authority to refuse the grant of a trade certificate where the grant of the application is not in the court, public interest, including where it presents a high level of reputational risk for the jurisdiction or where the applicant is or has a controller, beneficial owner, director, senior officer or shareholder that is, quote, not a fit and proper person. Reporting for Radio Cayman News, I'm Dion Anglin. You can review the bill in its entirety at legislation.gov.ky. A new board of directors has been elected for the Cayman Islands Tourism Association. Radio Cayman's Shanta Gallego reports. The Cayman Islands Tourism Association gets a new executive committee, resulting from the new board of directors elected at its recent annual general meeting. The new executive board includes Mark Langevin as president, Michael Tibbetts as vice president, Natalie Porter as secretary, and Marcus Murray as treasurer. Newly elected President Mark Langevin says the new board has many priorities ahead of them, and they're eager to assist the government with a safe reopening strategy for visitors to return. Members of the association also elected its sector directors, who collectively serve as the CITA Board of Directors 2020-2021. Past President Teresa Leacock Broderick said the recent annual general meeting was successful all around. The number of members attending this year's general meeting indicates the industry's solidarity on the issue impacting their businesses and livelihoods of their employees. She said the tourism forum part of the meeting was a very candid and constructive exchange between the CITA members and the Cayman Islands government senior leaders. The deputy premier, minister for tourism and the honorable minister for commerce openly addressed members' questions on the government's dealings with the COVID-19 pandemic. They also listened and gained greater perspective. She said the forum was invaluable and is representative of CITA's advocacy role. Shanda Gallego, Radio Kimenius. The Department of Environmental Health annual bulk waste removal project is in full swing, helping us all clean out that junk before the Christmas holidays arrive. DEH Assistant Director for Solid Waste, Michael Howarth, spoke with me earlier this week about some of the do's and don'ts. What is bulk waste? There are different types and, and it can vary, but generally what we're talking about is items of old furniture, um, chairs, beds, mattresses, etc., things like that, um, and, and also sort of household appliances and vegetation. It's really those sort of oversized items that we would normally collect in a regular rounds. So are there rules about what you can and can't um, put out for the cleanup? It doesn't include things like derelict vehicles, um, nor does it include construction and demolition waste. People have been knocking down walls, bricks, rubble, that sort of thing. We can't collect those items because we need sort of specialist equipment to pick it up. For derelict vehicles, um, they need to be handled in accordance with the law and we can't um, go around just picking those things up. So um, we'd ask people to contact us to collect. 
things like batteries apart too things like that should be taken to the to Georgetown landfill. We'll take them Monday to Friday um, and they can be received by DEH staff. Is there anything that special we should know about the items that we are going to be placing out? Um, I know one of the rules is you need to put it out on the dates in question for your specific neighborhood, but is there anything else we should be doing differently? There's a few things that people can, can do to help. Um, you, you mentioned um, putting things out on time. Um, that's probably the first thing. We, we, we spend about a week in each district and we work our way around from um, East End, North Side, all the way around to, to finishing West Bay. Um, and we, we just ask, ask people to note those dates and make sure that they continue to put waste out once we've, we've moved on. Um, you know, just bear in mind that we are um, maintaining our regular collections during this time, so any help in that regard is, is, is gratefully received. Um, in terms of other... In terms of other um, ways that people can help. Um, we'd ask that if, um, if they can separate metal items from other materials, um, so appliances or other so metal furniture or metal, metal structures, um, if they can keep them apart from the other uh, materials that are put out because we need to, we need to transport those metals in, in, in separate trucks. Um, so it, it really helps if this, is, if this is done in advance and makes our um, collection operation much more efficient. Pickup for East End and Northside is on now through the 21st of November. That's tomorrow. Bodentown is the 23rd of November through December 5th. And then the pickup moves to Georgetown December 7th through the 12th. That is your latest local news on this Friday. From Radio Cayman's Newsroom, I'm April Cummings.